Coming up today on Eagle Eyes on Tech, Twitch has completely doubled down on poor life decision that's going to alienate it both its viewers and its streamers. Facebook is in a metric ton of hot water, but that's okay, because they changed their name to Meta, and that makes everything better, right? Right. Intel has brand new CPUs to showcase that could be their future and much more. All that and more coming up today on Eagle Eyes on Tech. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Northside. I'm going to read this. The guys on tech. I am Eagle Falcon. So Facebook did it. They went ahead and just decided to come up with the laziest name they could possibly rename themselves to, and rolled with it. We'll get into more detail what Meta is. We also have a lot of. Twitch news to talk about as things fall on me. But first, we're going to start off with a bit of a vulnerability report. The so-called shrewdless vulnerability has been discovered on current versions of Mac OS. And oddly enough, the discoverers of this vulnerability is Microsoft. Specifically, the Microsoft 365 Defender team released a blog post yesterday describing a newly found macOS vulnerability that can that can abuse entitlement inheritance in macOS system integration protection, or the SIP, to allow the execution of arbitrary code with root-level privileges. Basically... This vulnerability which has been nicknamed shrootless because you can run code rootless would allow a malicious attacker to by abusing the system integrity protection the actual the actual components inside macOS that disallow malicious code from being executed to allow malicious code to be executed and with root level privileges, nothing could stop it. Now, Apple has since patched the vulnerability. And it is pretty much up to and pretty much if you're up to date on on Mac OS, you're up to date on this. Just go just if you're still running Mac, go ahead and update your operating system now, because this actually is a big vulnerability. If you're running an older version, there is still a work in, or there's a still a fix in the works. So we'll have to see what exactly happens with that. What amuses me the most about this story is the fact that first off, it's one of the rare instances where where Apple is actually on top of a vulnerability and patches it almost immediately. But then also it's Microsoft who exposes it. 
Hey, hey Microsoft, uh, while you're uh, out there fixing macOS, you mind fixing Windows 11 so it's not an abysmal nightmare to use? Please? Pretty please? No? Okay. It is an interesting turn where macOS is getting better treatment from Microsoft than Windows 11's users are from Microsoft. I mean, at, le at least, you know, Microsoft didn't charge us $110 to, uh, for the privilege of exploring the barren wasteland that is Windows 11. Meanwhile, Tesla has pulled back a full self-driving beta update saying that it wasn't ready for prime time and that quick fix, fix, fixes, fixes were needed after harsh driver feedback. You know the real reason they decided to pull back on it? The real reason Tesla decided to hold off on this update? It's because everyone's watching them. With every single governmental body pretty much on the globe looking at Tesla and the very casual way they have been pushing out these self-driving or the full self-driving updates via software to pretty much everyone and having every single one of their customers be beta testers for what is essentially new emerging technology that is not ready for prime time. They kind of want to want to draw as little attention to the fact that what they're doing is basically having uh, the general public and uh, public roads be testing grounds for their uh, experimental uh, processes well you look at that I guess Tesla has shown a, a sign a single sign I might add that they might actually care about their public image I thought they didn't you know considering the fact they went ahead and released a 48 polygon monster for a pickup truck that has no gauge cluster and continues to insist that one giant screen in the middle is totally not distracting from a driver point of view. Yes, I am still salty about that. No, I still do not accept that that is acceptable. Nor do I accept that, you know... A yoke is a proper replacement for a steering wheel in a standard vehicle. More and more lately, Tesla is showing their, uh, their inexperience in the automotive field. And it's kind of surprising that it's taken this long for Tesla just to absolutely ruin the driving experience in cars for the sole purpose of being disruptive. But of course, I mean, when it comes to electric vehicles, right now, Tesla is your only option 
because no other electric vehicle has the fast charging infrastructure that Tesla does. Should we talk about Facebook? Maybe we should just ignore Facebook's existence. That might be best, actually. So there's there's a lot of Facebook news. And yes, we are still going to call them Facebook. Because they are Facebook. And, and no amount of paint you throw on top of the pig that is Facebook changes the fact that they are still Facebook. But more and more documents have been revealed through the whistleblower that um I'm sorry there is just she still doesn't sit well with me but according to thousands of leaked documents it highlights employees disillusionment dis disillusionment with spread of misinformation and calls to violence So the whole thing basically just continues on and talks about how all of these documents say that Facebook was fine with the spread of, quote, misinformation, as well as not wanting to take any sort of responsibility for the kind of conversations going on on the platform. And that seems to be a lot of the focus lately on why Facebook is bad recently. Using generic terms such as misinformation and inciting violence. Here's what I'll say. Facebook is, by definition, an open forum. It is technically not Facebook's job to fact check everything. Just like it's not my TV's job to fact check whatever news channel I put on. It is up to me as the content, as the consumer of said content to decide, you know, is something believable? Now, that also being said, the communications of, quote, incitement of violence, the fact that a lot of these leaks are not, are not giving examples of this do make me wonder if there is, if this is exaggerations. Anytime that supposed leaked documents say a generic broad term, but no examples are given, immediately red flags are, are raised in my mind. That being said... Much like with any other platform 
if there is talk of illegal activity going on on said platform, apologies for that. We got a little distracted with a phone there. But if these in, if what these documents are supposedly saying, and I have to say supposedly because no one is showing the, the documents at all, actually does have incitement of violence or any other actual illegal activity, then it does fall on Facebook, despite being an open platform, to go ahead and report said illegal activity. So while, no, I'm not going to say that Facebook should be the arbiter of all truth because, heck, if we count on Facebook to be the arbiter of all truth and fact check everything, we are doomed. Just straight up. We have no hope. They can't even count on Facebook to make sure they don't delete their own routing tables twice in a week. Why the heck would I trust Facebook to fact check news? I actually do prefer they take this handoff approach. Because you know what? Then it can fall on others to go ahead and see if something seems believable or not. Like, I, one of my personal favorites is actually the, the whole flat earther thing. It's very easy to look at that and disprove it with this crazy thing called a second grade science book. Whoa. And if that doesn't work, then use a third grade one and then a fourth grade one. And if that still doesn't work, then just stop because they really are just going to believe whatever the heck they want. Because at some point you do have to look at something and say, yeah, you're just going to believe whatever the heck. Kind of like, kind of like the diehard uh, cryptocurrency people. There is nothing you can tell them that's going to convince them that an unregulated non-central currency that fluctuates by 50% of its value in a matter of a few hours is going to be the future of currency. So this whole push of Facebook saying they, they need to fact check things, they need to fact check things. No! Because that's an easy slippery slope down into censorship. And I hate to break it to you, the whole point of these social media platforms is to, you know, talk to each other. Imagine if this podcast right here, where I go ahead, give you my reasoning for coming to the conclusion of every single tech story I can find is say censored by Amazon, which by the way, with the words I have coming up about Twitch, boy, does Amazon wish they could shut me up. You wouldn't want that. Nobody would. 
because any voice, as long as they can go ahead and explain their rationale for the conclusion they came to logically does deserve to be heard, whether you should, in fact, agree with it or not. Let's say, for example, the the opinions I'm about to have about, about Twitch down the road you strongly disagree with. Does that mean I should be silenced? Or does that mean that we should agree to disagree? And that is the problem I have, and I've said this time and time again, with this whistleblower. Because what this whistleblower is trying to push for is site-wide censorship of Facebook. Could you imagine if you were talking in a bar and you were thrown out because you said, I don't think Twitch should allow... Oh, what, what, what's a good neutral? I don't think Twitch should have the pay to boost system in place. That'd be lunacy or worse thrown in jail. But that's basically not in as extreme a sense, but that is basically what people are pushing for on Facebook. And I strongly do disagree. But again, when it comes to things that in normal society are considered illegal, that should in fact be shut down. And in fact, that is where Facebook has had in quite a bit of uh, problems with. As Facebook's moderation team is just kind of reported to just be, well, basically thrown together at the last minute. And probably even worse, they consider themselves a harmful content team rather than what they are or what they should be, which is a moderation team. Because again, there shouldn't be anything wrong with a controversial story. There should be something wrong with a story that say, oh, I don't know, or actually here's a better example, which I'm pretty sure is the next next one right here. Nope, it's actually for, further down, but we'll talk about it now. Or better yet, should be going around and stopping communication in regards to human trafficking. Yeah, there's been several, pro- probably way more than the several that's been reported on, of human trafficking rings using Facebook as a communication device that have gone unchecked by Facebook and Facebook didn't do anything about them until, well, one of them, was it was brought to their attention by the BBC. And then in another one, they didn't do anything until Apple threatened to pull them off the app store. Yeah. 
That is, um... Quite a, quite a, uh... That's kind of telling, isn't it? Someone in chat asked, would we expect tel telco companies to to monitor and re regulate phone calls? That actually is a good question. Would we go ahead and consider Facebook private messages the same as a phone call? Normally in the world of, of phone calls and text messages, it's usually up to local law authorities or federal law authorities like the FBI to investigate that sort of thing. But, and here's my counterpoint, but those phone companies are supposed to work with law enforcement if anything like that should be suspected. But it is not, but you are correct. It is not up to say AT&T or Verizon to go ahead and monitor every phone call ever. In fact, they don't want to. In fact, I'm fairly certain they're regulated by the FCC not to. But if they notice anything suspicious, they do report it at least to my knowledge again it's kind of a weird gray area but that actually is a very good point that someone in the chat just brought up that being said however at the same time you know when apple even recognizes that this sort of thing is going on and it's not their platform and facebook's doing nothing with going with anyone it is an issue Without a doubt, it is an issue. And now on top of that, uh, there's also reports of Google working with Facebook to undermine Apple's attempts to offer its users greater privacy protections. So while Apple is going ahead and trying to increase or rather restrict the ability for other companies to spy on you. Remember Apple had that big push with their latest iOS update. Someone in chat mentions if calls were monitored for harassment, I would be I would be up for charges. It's true. It absolutely is true. I I, I do not hold back when it comes to uh these scam callers at all. So yeah, in all of this now, Google is also suspect for uh, trying to limit the amount of privacy we have. Wee! Oh, this is kind of awful. How, how about we go ahead and get some good news? Well, uh, there is a uh, an Oculus Quest Pro that might have leaked out. But we're not sure if it's real or not yet. Yay. 
Not that's going to matter. I mean, let's be perfectly honest. The whole concept of um the whole concept of um of using an Oculus that's going to require, you know, a connection to Facebook. Not a fan. Not a fan. But it is supposed to be, you know, it's all self-contained device. But that whole thing I just said. About how no one wants to touch the Oculus VR system because it is married at the hip with Facebook. There is a real big point to that. The brand of Facebook is absolutely toxic. In fact, that in itself is stunting Facebook's growth. Everyone who, do who doesn't already believe that Facebook is a terrible platform is already on Facebook. There is no more room to grow. And if you aren't growing, you're shrinking. But you can stay the same. No, you don't. You, you may think you can stay the same, but you're not. If you aren't growing, you're shrinking. That, that is just the unfortunate way of the business world. Always be growing. And you know what's even better? Internal documents that leaked from Facebook shows they have no idea how to solve its image problem. All right, you want, you want some tips? I will give you some solid first steps to not, to, to help improve your image. All right? All right? Step one, do not, under any circumstances, put a reptoid in front of a camera to announce things. All right, please take Mark Zuckerberg, hide him in a closet and put literally anyone else out in front of, out, out in front of people. All right, that's step one. Step two, stop deleting your routing tables on your routers you went down twice in one week that's no good you can't do that man but here we are watching facebook just shoot themselves in the foot over and over and over again by just going down but of course it doesn't matter because you had a good chance to go ahead and solve your image and uh, you didn't do either of those two things I said.
So what did they do? Well, we'll talk about that after this break. We will be back. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. So, yes, everyone's heard about it by now, and everyone should hear about it. Facebook is now a brand under the company known as Meta. Who plans on creating a metaverse. A virtual hub for the virtual world. Which could be a cool concept if literally, not figuratively, but literally anyone else was making it. Can you not think of a worse qualified company to handle making a digital hub for everything virtual reality than Facebook? Basically, the whole concept of the metaverse is to take what VR chat is and amplify that to everything. Like you've seen those kind of, um, you've probably seen a various anime here or there where, um, you go into a virtual world and anyone can interact with each other. That's what Facebook wants to make with the metaverse. But they're forgetting the fact that they're Facebook. You idiots knocked out all of your systems twice in one week and deleted the entire routing table for your, for your, for your, commercial grade routers twice in one week the fact that you're this incompetent when it comes to networking is baffling I'm one schmuck with a whole bunch of scrapyard servers And I'm more network savvy than you guys. But they've made all this stuff. How can you claim that? Because I don't delete my routing table. Like, you know, on those driving tests, if you go ahead and make one single mistake, you're an automatic fail. That's the kind of fail that Facebook has done. Twice in one week and these idiots think they can go ahead and make the net can use can make a metaverse come on not only that but i mean it's facebook so that also means that the instant you go ahead and and enter this virtual reality They're basically going to harvest enough information about you to go ahead and recreate you virtually. And if they, and if they were able to figure it out, 
physically as well because why not they're facebook and they're creepy like that you know they would they would absolutely harvest enough data with you in a virtual world to make a clone of you and then sell that clone ads I mean, can you think of a company that is worse for making a metaverse than Facebook? I think like the scammer callers that I get and the so-called companies they belong to, I think that might be the only company that's more that's more uncertified to make it. Someone in chat says Google. I would trust Google to make it more than I would Facebook. But we're also talking like comparing a 0 out of 10 to a 2 out of 10. Like either way, it's still not a passing grade. But that's what Facebook wants to do. So, uh, needless to say, um, I don't like the company name change. And also, calling yourself Meta. Good luck getting that trademark, by the way. Good freaking luck. That's going to be a fun one to explain. And also on top of that, Meta? Really? This sounds like the kind of company name that Zuckerberg went ahead and scribbled down on a napkin before he got in front of a camera in which, by the way, he left his, he, he left his barbecue sauce out and then just kind of decided... That, uh, oh, uh, there's not enough time to put it back in the fridge. We'll just put it as a bookend in the set behind me. Yes, the company that went ahead and left barbecue sauce outside. They're the ones that want to go ahead and make a metaverse. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, so yeah, that's my thoughts on meta. That's my thoughts on Facebook creating the metaverse. You know what's even better though? You know what's even better in all this? I don't want to make sure I actually don't have a uh, story about this already. One of the things that Facebook wants to go ahead and say is going to be one of their focuses in the metaverse is also offering a platform for people to create digital goods and to sell NFTs of the digital items for the metaverse. Oh yes, Facebook, go go ahead, please talk more about how you want to go ahead and embrace NFTs with open arms. Yes, that's a great thing to do while literally every single government body on the planet is staring at you for regulation and for 
and for monopolistic behavior. Please, let's go ahead and talk about how you want to get get in on NFTs that are, you know, an untraceable form of transferring digital goods with no regulation on it whatsoever and are constantly used as money laundering and pyramid schemes. Please, Facebook, tell me more. Yeah, um, I wish you luck with that, Facebook. I'm just going to sit back here with a wide grin, with a bowl of popcorn, and just going to enjoy the show. Because I got a feeling it's going to be really, really good. Uh... But yeah, the, the, the whole concept that Facebook has here of creating a metaverse that people are just going to go ahead, get in, and basically just go into virtual reality to go do major mainstream work. That's definitely going to be one of those things that definitely looks better on paper than it is in reality. The whole productivity pitch of VR is one that uh, that's always been a tough pill for me to swallow. No, I'm not saying that it's completely useless. Someone in chat actually just mentioned uh, things like construction sites. I think VR in the professional world is fantastic for demonstrating a physical product. I feel that is a that is an effective, low-cost way to, say, show off the plans for, say, a building. Or for, say, a new major product. Like, it wouldn't be good for showing off, like, say, a new phone. Just, just, just make a prototype. The end. Like, I, I see it has some potential. But I also specifically say some. There is no way I'm going to dip into VR to go ahead and sit at a virtual desk to virtually type on a keyboard. There is no way that is happening for literally anyone. And some of these demonstrations they were showing are just laughable. Underline laughable. By the way, that leaked uh, headset we were talking about earlier. Uh, yeah, it's uh, more info leaked on about it. It's called the Project Cambria. And it's specifically designed for the metaverse. Ugh. So much about what Facebook is planning. It, it, it's big. I'll give Facebook credit. It is big. It is ambitious. They are absolutely the wrong company to do it. Absolutely, by far, the wrong company to do it. But of course, then the question still rises you know, 
with everything now changing over to meta. And by the way, the hardware is now going to be called meta. Someone in chat mentioned earlier that meta in uh, Polish, uh, what was it? Yeah, meta in Polish means finish line. Hey, do you want to go ahead and use the finish line headset? Yeah, I just, mm. I admit I'm a skeptic when it comes to something like this, but I just can't help but shake the feeling when I look at Facebook and what they're planning here and just can't help but be reminded that these are the same idiots that deleted their routing table twice in one week and then didn't address it at all. But at the same time, while Facebook is saying that the Facebook account requirement on the Oculus Quest, or soon to be called the Meta Quest, the finish line quest, oh man, this is going to be a nightmare, is not going to require a Facebook account. Let's be perfectly honest. It's going to. They're saying change is going to be coming. They're saying it's not going to be as intrusive. Here's my prediction right now. You will not need to sign into Facebook to use an Oculus Quest. You will need to sign into a meta account to use an Oculus Quest. And that meta account will be connected to a Facebook account. That is my prediction. Facebook's not saying anything yet. And I'm still going to keep calling them Facebook because it's going to tick them off. And I want them, and I want them nice and ticked. Because their kind of nonsense is just, ugh. Just, ugh. <laughs> yeah, someone in chat says they promise that your encrypted messages can't be read by them. By the way, we will report all messages that that uh, break their terms of services in their in their in- encrypted messaging service that no one can read. Wait. Yeah, no, no one, no one's gonna trust this sort of nonsense at all. But now you might just be thinking. Eagle, of course, you don't think it's going to work. You're a skeptic. You always want to see the heart. Oh, you want to see all the details. And whenever details are missing because they don't want to share them, you immediately think that something's wrong. And yeah, that is true. If details are missing, I automatically assume the worst because if you're hiding details, you have a reason to hide them. That logic has proven more often than not. But how about instead we just go to someone who does know the details? Like, say, oh, I don't know, John Carmack, who is an engineer with an Oculus. And he is also skeptical on 
Facebook's ability to create a metaverse. Calling it, quote, a honeypot trap for architecture astronauts. Well, then. I mean, he's not wrong. This whole thing about being a massive virtual hub that anyone can go in and anyone can develop for. It'll be the central platform, just like Facebook is. The metaverse will be the Facebook of VR. I mean, that's the goal, right? How'd that go for Facebook developers? Yeah, it's, for the most part, most of them didn't do all that great. And in fact, most of them just ended up with a metric ton of, of data they didn't want, sold the data they did want, and basically just flipped it over to who knows what. That's it. It's going to be the same thing, except VR. The more and more I think about the metaverse, and keep in mind, they're announcing this now. I'm willing to bet the metaverse won't launch for another two years. So right now, to go ahead and say like, oh, the majority of Facebook users aren't going to be on it. It's possible that VR could be more mainstream in a couple of years. Someone in chat says that meta means dead in Hebrew. I mean, that's oddly fitting because this whole concept might already be dead. But I also got to, I, I have to look at what Facebook's user base is right now. Most of the people on Facebook are not tech savvy, like at all. Now someone in chat says that, uh, but VR is niche. Right now VR is niche. In two years, it might not be. But back to the point. Facebook's user base is not very tech savvy. Those who are tech savvy. They look at Facebook with, with disgust. Because they see it as the absolute toxic cesspit that it is. 
because unfortunately, Facebook's ability for you to control what you see on it is bad. Like, people talk about how Twitter is a toxic cesspit. You put enough effort into managing your Twitter timeline, like I do, and it is a fantastic, wholesome little feed of tech news and Final Fantasy fourteen memes, or in this case, a... Uh, a Final Fantasy X meme with Waka as uh, as Mark Zuckerberg announcing his new company, Machina. What on earth? You know, you can go ahead and with enough work in tailoring out your feed, you can get it to be a nice feed of good content. It's literally impossible with Facebook. You just can't. The tools they give you to try and curate your own feed just don't work. So do I want that experience where I go into VR? A giant radioactive wasteland of people arguing with each other? No! I get enough of that at work. I don't need that in the virtual world either. Screw that. And then that's, of course, that Facebook can even get it off the ground. But it's okay, because Meta does have plans for other hardware too, like this smartwatch. That totally won't be a wearable spy device. As in it spies on you, not spies for you. That will go ahead and monitor your everything. And also include a front-facing camera with a notch. A notch on a watch? Th- there is nothing about this I like. Look, I like my smart watches, all right? I have a Samsung whatever the heck this is. And basically, I only keep it around just because I like to monitor my sleep, even though I didn't last night. And the fact that it has, you know, the watch face of the GoldenEye video game. But then on top of that, the watch is being made by Facebook, the company that does nothing but spy on you. And to make matters even worse, the notch is to hide a front-facing camera. Oh, good. So it can keep an eye on me all day from the company that is known to spy on my every move and action I do across the entire internet. Oh, 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 just just take all my money right now. How much? How much is this thing? Oh, we don't even know because it's a leak right now. All right, you you want my? I don't even care if it's fifty bucks. Don't. I don't care if it's free. It actually should be free with the amount it's going to inevitably spy on you and sell based on the data it collects about you. 
any value that this thing is that is not a negative number is too high. You'd have to pay me to get this watch. Not to wear this watch, just to have this watch in my possession. You'd have to pay me. And I'm not just saying that because I'm an influencer. If I was just a plain Jane schmo with no podcast, no stream, no nothing, just a guy doing a nine to five in an office, I would still say, pay me to have this watch sit in a dresser drawer. And I'm not going to tell you the number of how much you have to pay me to have this. Because I don't know what all your watch can spy on me for yet. You tell me that, I'll tell you my my number. And then where to mail me the check. And then that check better clear before you send me the watch. That is the exact order this has to happen in. Also, yes, I am still annoyed that Facebook didn't name themselves Buttface. That would have been a better name than Meta. (laughs) Someone in chat says a one-time payment. Man, you're cheap. That is my opening bid. The one-time pay. Now, if they want, now if they want me, now if they want me to wear it, then I'll charge a subscription to wear the watch. One-time payment for me to have the watch and have it sit in a dresser drawer for its entire life. Not plugged in, by the way. Pay me again to charge it. Might be able to make my living here by just owning a watch and never paying and never actually wearing it. You know, in this fantasy world where I can tell Facebook what to do. Uh, that being said, though, uh, Pimax, if you want to talk about a VR headset that might be worth something, is uh, apparently making the most advanced VR headset ever with uh, micro LED screens with 12K resolution at 200 hertz. An insane headset that they're trying to promise here but um there's just one problem it costs $2,400 which coincidentally is also the price of a GPU that you need to power this headset but you know what it's still a better buy than anything Facebook makes Because that's the insane world we live in. We're going to take a break here. When we come back, Twitch. Just, just Twitch. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. Well. Some information that has leaked out 
through various sources, but I'll just say this. Zach Boosie has pretty much been at the front of it all. Zach Busey is basically very quickly becoming what Slasher once was. And we actually haven't heard from Slasher in a while. Hope the guy's actually doing okay. But here's some of the things that Twitch is announcing. Twitch is now making it so that select affiliates and partners can get double their normal ad revenue if they use the ads manager manager tool to roll two minute ad blocks every hour. So I'll be blunt. I am not opposed as a content creator to running an ad break. As a content creator, you do have to get up. You do have to, you do have to stretch. It's a very healthy thing, thing to do. Get up, use the bathroom, refill your water, that sort of thing. I'd be perfectly okay running a two minutes mid roller during that break. And then just have like music or, or some other skits or anything running during the break for those who are subbed and don't have to view the ads. I see nothing wrong with that. Now, a ads manager tool to run them automatically and that you just have to remember to hit a button to delay the automatic running of them if, say, the ads are about to roll in the middle of a key boss fight. The offer is an insult to me. In a stream, you, as the content creator, as the streamer, are pretty much every single department of your show. You are the on-screen talent. You are the producer. You are the manager. You are the technical engineer. You, you're the, ad, you're the advertising department. You're the marketing department. You are everything. And bigger streamers, of course, do delegate and end up having employees doing some of those things. But to go ahead and take the, the, the ad part of it and automating it is beyond stupid. And to go ahead and say, hey, we'll offer double is an insult on top of an insult. To put this in perspective, my channel usually averages about, about a dozen people, all right? Some days are higher, some days are lower. Right now it's lower. But I'd say about a dozen is about where I comfortably sit. 
ads still do run on my channel. They are the pre-roll ads. You go in and you jump into my stream, you get a pre-roll ad unless you're a sub unless you're a subscriber. My ad revenue for the last month is 43 cents. That's it. Oh, but you can double it to 86 cents. And heck, let's double that again because, of course, you're going to be running mid-roll ads, so there's more ads running. So let's say that will be $1.72. Oh, man, that's worth it. Or, you know, one person subs with Twitch Prime and... You get that and then some. Twitch never has made a compelling argument for why a streamer should run ads. Ever. And the fact that now you want me to run them automatically and get basically nothing, a rounding error in revenue is an insult to me. It is an insult to every single streamer who got this offer and is an insult to every viewer out there. I cannot think of a possible worse way to offer advertising than to do it automatically. And you know what's even better? Someone in chat said, but what, what if it's a big streamer or if they have tens of thousands? It is still a rounding error by comparison. It is still incredible just how little ads matter in the scale of revenue on Twitch. Remember how I said before with Facebook? If you aren't growing, you're shrinking. That's what Twitch needs to focus on. Twitch needs, underline needs to focus on their viewership growth. Twitch has the content creators. They are, the, they are the brand name de facto platform for any streamer to go to. Heck, me just sitting here with 12 average viewers, it sounds laughable. But the sheer volume of streamers that sit with zero 
or one puts me with still 12 in the upper half of Twitch streamers. And that in itself is still a fact that I can't wrap my head around. That I look at that and go, eh, I'm doing, I'm doing okay. I can't be angry at that. So, you know, a handful of people want want to want to watch me. They like my personality, and I'm grateful for that. But the fact that I rank with that with what is to a lot of other streamers a rounding error of concurrent viewership, and it still puts me in the upper half, says a lot about how many content creators on Twitch have no one. There is a major viewer-to-streamer ratio problem on Twitch. And all Twitch would rather do is push streamers to drive viewers away by ruining the viewer experience with automatic ads could you imagine if in the middle of this statement all of a sudden it just breaks out to this this podcast is brought to you by raid shadow legends you'd be furious you'd be absolutely furious and then my sentence continues on with just a large chunk of it missing because there's a raid shadow legends ad in the middle of it by the way don't play raid shadow legends not sponsored because i hate them You'd be livid. You'd be absolutely livid. And in the end, the viewers, regardless of whether they're viewing a large streamer or a small streamer or a middle-sized streamer or whoever... The viewer is what keeps the platform alive. No matter what. So the first thing Twitch needs to do is not to encourage streamers with terrible ideas like automatic ads. The next thing, and I have said this again and again and again and again, they need underlying need to bring in something to go at so that people have something to watch when people aren't live. I can't be live 24-7. Shroud can't be live for 24-7. No streamer can be. We're not robots. But those same viewers, those same stream, those same viewers do want to consume that content. And there is a tool to do that. There's the clip system, and it wouldn't take that much. 
to go ahead and allow us, the streamers, to go ahead through our own clips, start putting tags on them, to go and just basically create a giant constant feed, very TikTok-esque, of just constant content. It wouldn't be that hard. But instead, Twitch would rather go ahead and say, hey, go ahead and run some ads instead. Even though something like a clips feed, you could very, very easily and much more seamlessly inject ads into that. It'd be a win-win. You have a tool to draw in new viewers. Us as streamers would be able to go ahead and put our content on the feed and draw in more followers that way because right now the expo... The discoverability on Twitch is literally non-existent. It'd be a win, 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 win. But all we get is the recommended clips section. And guess what? Because there's no ability to go ahead and put tags or anything of that, the recommended clips are just always awful and not what the viewer wants to see at all so that's my thoughts on the ads manager business i hate it and i hope that it fails i hope the entire ad manager system absolutely completely and utterly fails and i'm not even at the big elephant in the room when it comes to twitch because guess what twitch is moving ahead even further with the paid boost stream experiment so yes on the front page of twitch there is a section where streamers that are boosted which currently only happen by using channel points can have their have their stream show up on the front page in a small little section you'll ignore well now instead if your stream is chosen at random you as the viewer can instead pay Twitch, not the streamer, a 99 cents for 1,000 impressions and pay a maximum of $500 to do this. I made this an official announcement on my streamer Discord. Pretty much every other streamer I know has also said this. I am going to make this as clear as possible. Do not under any circumstances ever at all spend a single cent on this system on my channel. And pretty much every other streamer has said the exact same thing. 
And I will tell you exactly why. First off, from a streamer point of view, ending up in that section now that everyone knows that people can get paid to end up on there, just is going to make that stream a target for harassment. It is going to do nothing for the streamer at best and harm the community at worst. You have nothing to gain and a lot to lose. And in the end, the streamer gets no monetary benefit whatsoever. And Twitch gets every single cent in this absolute shameless, underlying shameless attempt to collect money. And what's even worse, it's impressions. It's not even clicks. It's 1,000 impressions. From a business advertising standpoint, when it comes to text-only advertisements on websites, paying for impressions is a scam. For a still image text only advertisement, that is an absolute and complete utter scam. And you as the streamer and as the sole manager of everything that is your content, you would never ever do that because it is, as I just said, a scam. Because you pay per click, not per impression. Although granted, your marketing dollars are better spent in in an in an avenue that is better than a single picture and text. But see, even though it's a scam, they don't go to you as the content creator. They go to your viewers and sell them the scam for you. So they instead scam the viewer who doesn't know better about how advertising dollars are better spent. That is truly why this ticks me off way more than it ticks off pretty much any other streamer out there. It is because it is awful from a streamer point of view. It is awful from from a viewership point of view. It is awful from an exposure point of view. And even from a business sense of actually buying advertisement, it is a scam. Straight up. And rather than go through the streamer who actually would spend advertising dollars to get themselves the exposure, they scam your viewers. They scam your community. Rather than go through you. That is what really ticks me off about this. It is an absolute shameless attempt to get money and to make things even worse. It's not even constant. It's only a limited time sort of thing. It can only happen at seemingly random. To give that limited time sort of opportunity offer to try and entice 
your viewers into being scammed. It's disgusting. And I cannot stress enough how much this ticks me off. This kind of behavior is a platform killer. For all the reasons I just said. Because it is, in the end, a shameless attempt to collect funds and nothing else. I'd be fine if it was just channel points. I would be absolutely fine if it just stayed to what it originally was. Just as a limited time thing that might happen on channel points. Even though we never saw it here. Never have we saw it with channel points. But that's what's going on at Twitch. What about Twitch's competition? Well, over at YouTube Gaming, they actually went ahead and on the same day that uh, news about what Twitch is doing leaked out, YouTube Gaming went ahead and said, here's what we're working on. They're working on adding gifted memberships. Memberships, for those who don't know, is YouTube's equivalent of paid subscriptions on Twitch. On Twitch, you can gift subscriptions, and on YouTube, because follows are subs, memberships are the premium version of that with emotes and whatnot. They're working on adding the gift system, which Twitch has they don't right now. They're working on improving the live discoverability and live monetization. Right now, live discoverability is subpar on YouTube, but they already have the algorithm network in place that they could very easily work on bringing that to the live side of things. They're expanding their new clip system to go ahead and have it work seamlessly with their short system. Wow! To go ahead and do that thing I just said that Twitch should have done years ago. What an amazing concept! automatically create a seamless feed based on your live content that anyone can view at any point. What an amazing idea. And then, of course, to add new moderation tools because the current moderation tools on YouTube gaming are lacking. YouTube gaming, although it's not at the level of being Twitch yet, it is getting very, very, very close. And the fact that Twitch just can't seem to get its head out of its butt and just continues to go ahead and put out more and more and more features that... Literally no one wants. 
and it would do nothing but actually hurt their content. It's making a lot of people consider switching. And I'm not going to lie, I'm one of them. Especially when, you know, what do I get out of Twitch? Stagnant growth for three years now. No discoverability. Yeah, I was one of the first Twitch affiliates. But in the end, I'm always now the last one to get any sort of new feature. Pretty much never show up on any suggested feeds. Pretty much nothing. And then all you get is encouragement to go ahead and make poor life decisions. It all does just kind of weigh down on you and does make you wonder, is it time for a change? And while I might not have that big a community, people with far bigger communities than mine are considering the same thing as well. But hey... Twitch is just like, that's fine, because you can just run automatic ads and get a cool $3. We're going to take a break here and we come back. Let's actually talk about some other fun stuff. We got Intel CPUs coming and some very, very, uh, we, we got a doozy of a, uh, of a last burb story to say the least. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right. Now that we've gotten all of the uh, infuriating nonsense of tech out of the way, I want to talk for a moment about what we now know with Intel Alder Lake. Intel recently had their... I forgot what they call it. What is it like Intel Go or something like that? it doesn't matter. Intel recently had an event in which they showed off more of the capability of their next gen processors. And these are the ones that are actually hybrid capable or not hybrid capable, but are hybrid chips. That means they have efficiency cores and performance cores, much like a lot of ARM processors, not just Apple processors, even though everyone, for whatever reason, wants to go ahead and give Apple credit for inventing performance and efficiency cores. You people are sheep. You're the same kind of people who think that Apple invented the cell phone, aren't you? I swear. Some people. 
but I digress. The promises, though, of Intel 12th Gen are interesting, to say the least. First off, it's on a 10 nanometer process, although Intel's calling it Intel 7, because everything in regards to nanometers lately is just kind of up in the air. Like, uh, I don't know. The CPUs, however, will run on DDR5, which is the first time that's being introduced. It is also, much to my surprise, and I'll admit, I laughed at Intel when they said they were going to do it, but they did in fact just skip straight to PCI Express Gen 5 with these CPUs. And keep in mind, PCI Express Gen 5 is backwards compatible with GPCI Express Gen 4. It's not like, oh boy, now I'm now I gotta go ahead and get a brand new GPU that doesn't exist to work with it. No, your 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 Gen 3 and Gen 4 GPUs will work fine with Alder Lake. And the performance numbers show show it beating out AMD's current high-end chips. So everything's great, right? Intel's back in the game. Competition's good for everyone. Intel's the top dog once again, and now it's AMD's turn to catch up, right? <laughs> Calm down there for a second there, bud. The reason the benchmarks that Intel has show it absolutely stomping AMD's chips is for one reason and one reason only. Windows 11. Remember how before... I kept saying that Windows 11 seems to absolutely tank AMD performance because Intel and Microsoft were working buddy-buddy-like to make sure that the, that Windows 11 was optimized for their hybrid architecture. Surprise! Windows 11 is optimized for Alder Lake. You know, Intel's hybrid architecture. Now, before we start, you know, put, screwing on the tinfoil hat and accusing foul play here. I mean, first off, it is kind of foul play, but it's very common for a CPU manufacturer, if they're working on something big like this, and a software manufacturer like Microsoft that's making a massive operating system to make sure that it all plays nice and is perfectly optimized for the upcoming technology because Intel's not the only one working on a hybrid architecture. Qualcomm, of course, already does. Various other pretenders making ARM processors also have hybrid architectures. AMD is also working on their own hybrid architecture, but AMD is a few years out for it. So, I mean, on its face, it seems like, you know, antitrust, anti-competitive sort of nonsense going on, but it's really more that becomes the side effect of optimization. And when Windows PCs have to compete with Apple, who now not only not only power their own not only create their own operating system to pair with their hardware, but now make their own entire system on a chip. 
So, I mean, it comes off as sketchy. It comes off as anti-competitive. But that is just a side effect of trying to make sure everything runs smoothly. So, and, and of course, I mean, let's be perfectly honest. Were you really going to trust an Intel benchmark at face value? The correct answer is no, by the way. You absolutely should not be trusting an Intel benchmark at face value. You also shouldn't be trusting an AMD benchmark at face value. You should be trusting an independent benchmark at face value. Unless that independent benchmarker, you know, has a history of being wrong, then you probably shouldn't. Benchmarking 101. So these CPUs are going to be coming November 4th. And a couple of said independent benchmarkers have already openly said, yes, we're working on it. No, we have not slept. Help, help, please help. As they're going around and testing everything. That being said, though, the CPUs are much bigger. Like they've physically shown off the CPUs now side by side with the old Intel ones. They are like a good 20% longer. It is crazy. Someone in chat asks, are they as big as the Ivy Bridge E processors? I don't know. Nobody has compared it to Intel's enthusiast platform. I know for certain they are absolutely not as big as Intel's current biggest chips not by like intel's biggest chips right now the scalable xeons i swear they're as big as an iphone like their current server chips are just absolutely massive but those chips also can hold up to 28 cores and heat a building so it makes sense they're old enthusiast platforms. I don't know how they scale up. I actually would be very curious. Well, I'm sure someone will do it. I'm not about to go ahead and get a freaking uh, one of them to compare, though. Compa- and compare it to... I actually do have some Ivy Bridge e Pros. Wait, do I? No, actually, I think my... I think I only have Sandy Bridge e and then the ones I have here are um, two generations newer than Ivy Bridge, and I'm not sure where they fall in. Okay, yes, yeah, uh, Sandy Bridge E does use the same socket as uh, Ivy Bridge E. That is true. I'm still not going to go ahead and get a 12th gen Intel processor just to compare it to one of my Sandy Bridge EZons that I have laying around. That much is not happening. Actually, I'm pretty sure my Sandy Bridge E processors are still actually in a server somewhere. For that fact. 
But now, in addition to, to uh, being a hybrid architecture, they also do run a newer GPU. And Intel's new ZSS, that is spelled X-E-S-S, which definitely looks like it's, it's a dirtier word than, than, than it is. Is Intel's super sampling technology. This is Intel's ability to take their lower end GPUs, render a high quality image at a lower resolution, and use the AI cores in the integrated GPU or their discrete GPU that they're coming out with to upscale it. We see this technology currently in NVIDIA's DLSS, you know, on those GPUs that don't exist. Or AMD's GPUs that also don't exist. Well, AMD calls it something else. What does AMD call it? Um, oh, God. I can't remember what it's called on AMD's side. I'm going to feel really bad about that, actually. But in, in any case... Uh, Intel is showing off, and actually, it's quality. Taking a 1080p image and upscaling it to 4K looks really, really good. Now, to be fair, remember how I said before you shouldn't trust an Intel benchmark at face value? Well, let's also keep in mind that this demonstration is, in a way, an Intel benchmark. Or just, I shouldn't even say an Intel benchmark, a first-party benchmark. Someone in chat finally got got it to me. Uh, Fidelity FX Super Resolution, or FSR. A technology that sounds way cooler to say than it is the acronym. I mean, come on, just listen to that. F- FFSR, you, you say FSR. It's nothing, but you say... Fidelity FX Super Resolution. That sounds awesome. But I think out of the three so far, it looks like... Fidelity FX Super Resolution is quite possibly the worst of the three. But in fairness, all three of them so far look great. The only downside is that two of them are on GPUs that don't exist, and one of them is on a GPU that hasn't been released yet so that it can't exist. Before anyone takes me too seriously, when I say can't, it doesn't exist, I mean that... The GPUs are all sold out, and the only way to buy them is by paying scalper prices on, well, paying scalper prices on eBay. That uh, Someone in chat actually did remind me, if it, uh, um, I'm sorry, I almost said it wrong, that Fidelity FX Super Resolution works on Intel GPUs as well. It just doesn't play well with NVIDIA GPUs. 
Real talk, though. I am actually really... I cannot wait for her... Oh, wait, no, 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 no. I have that wrong. Fidelity FX Super Resolution does, in fact, work with NVIDIA's. I read that wrong. Right, right, right. No. Fidelity FX Super Resolution plays well on all GPUs since it works on... Um, I want to say OpenGL is the platform. I'm probably wrong on that, on that though. But it, it, the bottom line is that it plays well on all GPUs, regardless of manufacturer. Probably also plays well on Matroxes if you're dumb enough to do that. But uh, NVIDIA's solution, uh, DLSS, only works on NVIDIA's. And that's actually one of the reasons why NVIDIA's works so well is that it's specifically tailored for the AI cores on NVIDIA's GPUs. That's the, that's where I have a curve. Yeah. I had to think about it for a second. I knew when I said that earlier that it didn't work on NVIDIA, it seemed a little wrong. Uh, thank you, the uh, person in chat, for cor- correcting me. No, you're right. You're right. But back to Intel's here. We'll just have to wait and see when Intel's is out. When their GPU solution is out and this... ZSS, Zess, which sounds like a soap brand, how well it works on both its own GPUs and other GPUs as well. One other thing to also talk about, because I'm keeping a very close eye on the clock right now, is um, I want to make sure I actually have the... Uh, the story here i'm actually now being very selective as to what i talk about and what i don't um we talked about last week how um there could be some drm issues Uh, those drm issues have now been confirmed i don't think we actually talked about that last i want to say last week we we talked about that first Companies that currently use this flavor of DRM that new Intel GPUs would brick are looking at patches, but older games that don't, uh, that aren't actually supported, they're going to be left behind. This actually is now confirmed, which I'll admit I was very skeptical about because every other time I hear about, oh, the DRM's going to be bricked and you're going to be SOL, every other time it's been wrong. This is the one time that it actually is correct. The boy who cried wolf finally called the wolf. So be ready for that. Just have an older gaming p- computer for when you have those urges. Actually, you know what's going to end up happening? There will be a way to just emulate the DRM. That Someone's going to figure out a way to just to either crack the DRM entirely or just to emulate the feature that is missing for the DRM. That, of course, also just being said, we could have just came up with a better solution than what DRM... What Freaking DRM's always been a hot mess. (laughs) 
Someone in chat says, you could just un-DRM it. Uh, someone in chat says that the CPU, uh, that what the feature that's missing is not, it's not that it's missing, it's that the CPU reports different information. I'm saying that there's still, mo- someone's going to eventually figure out a way to uh, trick the DRM. That's what I'm saying. That someone will emulate a way to trick it into operating correctly. Oh, and and then chat just goes, just pirate it. Just crack the DRM. Just pirate it. Yeah, that'll that'll go over real well. Just crack the DRM and pirate it. You know, whatevs. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Let's, uh, let's just not and say we did. Now, one thing that was kind of talked about at the, uh, the event that Intel had is, uh, well, basically, here's what he said. The chip shortage, the global semiconductor shortage is affecting... Well, he's saying it's affecting both PC and console sales, and it could stretch for a while. The semiconductor shortage is affecting just about everything. Let's just get that right. It is affecting TVs. It is affecting game consoles. It is affecting monitors. It is affecting every single component of your PC it is it's affecting things like this mixer that i have right here it's affecting things like this microphone i'm talking into it's affecting cars it's affecting cameras it's affecting almost everything it's affecting pc and console sales boats it's far far bigger than you could possibly imagine Now, the Intel CEO, Gelsinger, said that we're in the worst of it now. And every quarter next year will get incrementally better. But we're not going to say that there's... But they're not going to have supply-demand balance until 2023. That's when they're saying we could start seeing everything normalize. And here's another thing to keep in mind. Even if the supply and demand issue normalizes, there are still a lot of other economical factors to consider. There is also the fact that there is an inflation problem going on right now in large chunks of the world. There is also the fact that more and more factories are increasing the prices of the raw materials 
that they're producing that are going to these foundries more and more and more. Remember how we cheered that we were ecstatic to see the $1,000 2080 Super get replaced and curb stomped by the RTX 3080 for $599? I'll tell you this right now. You're never going to see that 3080 for 599. It's never going to happen. Its price is going to stay high because the cost of materials to make it went up and they're staying up. And guess what? The 4080 that's going to be announced at the tail end of 2022, assuming that NVIDIA doesn't delay the launch of the 4000 series, it's going to be a higher MSRP. I guarantee it. The next-gen GPUs are actually going to be a very interesting launch. Because it's going to take a very, very, very long time for those of us here in the tech space to forget everything we have endured. I'm looking at the clock here. We need to start wrapping this up. So with that said, I bring you the last burb, the last story of the day, the weirdest story of the week. The U.S. Army is testing out a 300 kilowatt laser weapon system in 2022. Ladies and gentlemen, we have made fun of it for a long time. But we are one step closer to Project Star Wars being real. Now, the, the, the laser weapon that's being proposed, it is not going to be able to be held in the hands of a single soldier in a rifle form factor. But you're talking about a laser that it's going to be on the back of basically an armor god i don't even know what the vehicle would be called basically a giant truck like almost the size of a tank if not bigger like the vehicle they're showing here and i'm not a military expert by any stretch of the imagination i know the size of vehicle i I know the size of vehicle has a name someone in chat thank you thank you an an lmtv is what this is what this vehicle is called that they're showing here in this uh in this rendered image that's holding this laser I, I gotta ask how long can it sustain the laser 
And are we accurate enough that we can at least beat the hit to mit hit to miss ratio of a stormtrooper? And also, how long until it is big enough that it can fit in my hand and be used as a sword? Folks, that is going to do it for this episode of Eagle Eyes Uncheck. Thank you so much for listening. And I do encourage you to check out my other works, the daily podcast, the early burb briefing, which you can find at anchor.fm slash early burb, B-I-R-B briefing. And check out my Twitch page at twitch.tv slash Eagle Falcon. Stream there every Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday, where we also record this live. Take care, and hopefully I'll see you then. I mean, yeah, the U.S. Army is currently testing this on basically a, a military-grade semi-truck. But have you seen what Japan's been doing? They've been making giant mecha robots with 369-kilowatt laser ri- rifles that have cool paint jobs and and are piloted by, by high schoolers and all sorts of other crazy nonsense. They're basically building Gundams. Take note that this final skit that's clearly done on a comical fact uh, may in fact have contained some fake news, such as the fact that uh, Japan does not have Gundams yet.